everywhere and welcome to another geeks crossing podcast i'm eric your host giving you all the best geek related content you could ask for and today i'm joined with so it's been a while but in case we all forgot my name is gabriel one of eric's good friends it's been a long time since i've been on a previous podcast episode i can't remember when i was last on here but it's good to be back now I was going to say, Gabe, it seems like only yesterday you and I talked shit about Sonic Colors Ultimate. We did do that, didn't we? I do remember that. Yeah, I believe it was two weeks after the game came out in September. And that was so long ago, it feels. I know, but today we're actually talking something positive in the Sonic franchise. And I say oh. positive very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie. Came out... Earlier this month, I think. Well, as of the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's April. Well, the end of April, as of the day we're recording this. And the movie should be out on Paramount Plus now, because I remember they said something like, oh, after the first three weeks it's in theaters, they're going to release on streaming services, so it should be out by now. And it was really good. I actually enjoyed a lot about it. Interesting. So, uh, as our listeners know, whenever we review something, we get our ratings out of the way before we elaborate. So, I don't think we gave a rating when we talked about Sonic Colors Ultimate. I didn't play that game. I never bought it. But, based on what I've heard about it, I feel like if I had to give it some kind of rating, maybe around 5 or 6, I think that's being generous. But Yeah, I was pushing towards like a 4 or 5 to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was mostly upset about how it was treated as a remake, rather than its own independent game, you know? Yeah, if you see it as a remake, or I suppose a port, I think it's fine. I don't really think there's any much of a way to see it as a standalone game, because technically speaking, it's the exact same as Sonic Colors on Wii. Or, well, a little bit of the same, because it's got its own little uh, features that the Wii version didn't have. But I feel like considering Sonic Colors and Sonic Colors Ultimate as separate games could be in around the same tier as considering Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure DX as different games, which a lot of people do say both those games are drastically separate from one another in a lot of different ways. So something similar could be said for Sonic Colors Ultimate, if only by a little bit. Either way, I very much prefer the original game. If my ranting in our review episode didn't give it away, like, I think the remake is very soulless, rushed, it's bucked up the ass. So, let's just switch gears and talk about something relatively more positive. So, yeah, Sonic Movie 2, maybe a 7 out of 10? For me, I would give it maybe 7 or 8. Not so sure, but I just really liked it. I didn't love it. I mean, there were still some parts that made me cringe, but... It's definitely improvement over the first movie, and this is coming from someone that I've said countless times that, oh, Sonic sucks, I can't fucking stand him. But to hear me saying, like, oh, the second Sonic movie isn't that bad, that's definitely saying something. Yeah, for me, the first movie was a bit weird. I liked it, but Sonic's characterization kind of threw me off a little bit. I felt he was a little obnoxious, though Sonic being a bit of a doofus isn't totally unlike his character in the games, but I feel like in the movie, a lot of his behaviors just very mildly irked me a little bit. I think it was just the way he worded his sentences and the way he expressed himself that kind of got me feeling off. But um, 
I will say, I didn't like that the fart jokes were reused in the second movie. I don't really like jokes like that in any sort of media because they're just kind of unnecessary to me. That's one of my cons for the second movie because they recycled the same cringy jokes from the first movie. Yeah. I mean, we should probably explain what the hell the movie's about because to put it very loosely, the first movie, it sort of took inspiration from the first game, that being Sonic 1. Very, very loosely. But for the most part, it was its own standalone interpretation. This one, it's kind of the same both, except it takes more inspirations from Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Sorry, I have to include the and Knuckles part. I find it. Just to accentuate what era this movie is taking place in. I find it pretty interesting that the second movie pretty much mashed two games together instead of only focusing on one, wherein you have Sonic and Tails meeting up and becoming friends, like what happens in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But then you also got the story with the Master Emerald and Sonic's run-in with Knuckles, which is what happens in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. So two games being fused into one movie, I think is really cool. That's one of the parts about the movie that I like most, that it uses um, story elements from two games and puts them into one movie. But yeah, as Gabe said, Sonic meets Tails, and the two of them team up to find the Master Emerald, which is somehow being hidden Earth, aka the human world. But unknown to them, Eggman is back, and he teams up with Knuckles to look for that Master Emerald. Basically, if you played Sonic 3, you already know what story you're getting into. I think the whole idea of Sonic being in the human world, as far as I know, that was a concept that didn't come into fruition until Sonic Adventure. So I like that a small piece of Sonic Adventure being that Sonic is living in, you know, real world Earth, best way I can put it. That kind of concept being a prominent point for the world setting in the movie I think is really neat. It reminds me a bit of Sonic X, actually, as well, because um, Sonic living in the human world and with the movie doing the same thing where he has a primary human companion, which I, I forget his name. I think it's Tom. Yeah, um, it's Tom. Yeah, and like how in Sonic X, Sonic's human companion is Chris. It may not be an exact parallel, but it reminds me of that, which uh, is something I really enjoyed about the second and first movie being that Sonic has a primary human companion like he does with Chris in Sonic X, and that being intertwined with the story of the games, with um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, I think is pretty cool. So it's kind of like a bunch of different Sonic medias all being fused together. I'll elaborate more on this later, but actually one of my cons with that movie, well, it's also the same con I have with the first movie, is that I really don't give a shit about Tom or any of the human characters. I think that's fair, because uh, generally when you're watching a Sonic movie, you're watching it for Sonic and his friends, not so much the humans. In a way... All the scenes featuring the human characters, it feels like filler and almost out of place. Now, granted, that whole wedding scene from the second movie, spoilers, we forgot to mention, but I can appreciate them trying to make that integral to the overall story, but I really didn't give a shit about Tom or his wife or his racist sister-in-law. I really don't care about any of those characters. For me, it's a little bit different because I do like the interactions that Sonic has with the human people, and... I think that they have their own charm to them. It's not like they're trying to take away from Sonic and his friends, but I do understand where you're just watching a Sonic movie, you want to see all the Sonic stuff, and the human stuff kind of just feels like a typical live-action movie. If you had no context to where, oh, this is a Sonic movie, and you're just looking at the human scenes, 
then you wouldn't really know that it's a Sonic movie unless you were explicitly told or you see something of Sonic being discussed or shown in that human scene. You basically said it for me. Oh, cop that's trying to prove himself worthy, not just to his family, but also to himself. Haven't seen that before. Yeah, that's a trope that you would see in, I guess, any other kind of live action or animated media. With that being his character arc in the movie, you could pretty much take Sonic out of it and it wouldn't change anything. The only difference that would be there is just that Sonic isn't there. So you've got the Sonic half of the movie and then you've got the human side of the movie where it just feels like any other movie. (laughs) Oh, not to mention Agent Stone having a hard-on for Eggman. Oh, yeah! I kind of forgot about that. Agent Uh, Stone was Eggman's companion, wasn't he? I mean, that's a little bit on the nose if you ask me. I'm not one to judge. I'm not against it. Oh, no, I'm not against it either. I'm just saying don't have to rub it in our faces. Yeah, speaking more positively on the movie... I think Knuckles was handled extraordinarily well. Oh yeah, that's definitely one of, if not my biggest pro with the movie, and that is how they depicted Tails and Knuckles, especially Knuckles. Given that Tails is my favorite character, I was looking most forward to him in the movie, and I especially really like that Tails' voice actress in the movie is the same one who's voicing him in the games as of right now. I thought that she went into the movie really well. It's almost like Tails' lines in the movie could be put into the games and they would fit right in. I especially really like the uh, introduction between Tails and Sonic, where as Tails was driving the vehicle to help Sonic escape Knuckles, where he says to him, my name's Tails. You're probably wondering why. Let me guess. Is it because of the extra tail? I thought that was a really cute scene. That also shows how much better the writing is in the second movie compared to the first one. Yeah, the bond between Sonic and Tails, I definitely appreciate that. But my mind couldn't get past that freaking dance battle in Germany. Oh, the dance battle. But I forgot all about that. I cringed so hard when I watched that because it was like, oh, this is worse than the bar fight from the first movie. <laughs> I-, I don't know. I was like, why am I watching this? Stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a kid's movie. They need, yeah. to, they need to have a goofy fight scene in every kid's movie. I will say, stuff that seems cringe to you, or maybe even me, is going to be stuff that kids will really like. And I think that's the biggest takeaway, where at the end of the day, movies like these are made primarily for kids. So we may look at these sorts of things as, oh my god, why? But when you remember the kinds of things that kids are into, the way that kids express themselves, and just whatever it is that they are entertained by, then the inclusions of those kinds of things in the movie aren't too out of place because given that it's a movie targeted primarily at children, they're going to be the most likely to um, view the movie and all. And I think having stuff like that for the sake of kids isn't entirely a bad thing. It can make the movie a little bit difficult to watch for adults, but, you know, just as long as kids and adults can enjoy it simultaneously, regardless of what the adults see as cringe or not, 
then I think that's what matters most. The only positive about that scene is how it led up to the bonding moment between Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. And of course, that snow slam fight between Sonic and Knuckles where they learn, oh, we're not so different after all. Yeah, I think that scene is also pretty cool. I will admit, I think the one thing I remember most of that scene was the uh, the Marvel reference where Sonic goes, oh, great, the Winter Soldier. And it's really weird having a Marvel reference in a Sonic movie, but um, that scene in general where Sonic learns a bit more about Knuckles and begins to notice, hey, like this, he's not such a bad guy after all. I think it was very well executed, especially in the sense that with Sonic beginning to sympathize with Knuckles and with Knuckles beginning to understand Sonic more, they were beginning to kind of like get close with each other and form a bit of a friendship. But it was because of Tails, because he wasn't there during that conversation. So he was still under the impression that Knuckles was evil, where he, I believe, tries stunning Knuckles with some kind of weapon. Yeah, I was like, God damn it, Tails. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. But basically, the way Knuckles is portraying this movie is that, yeah, he's still naive as ever, but there's a more justified means to that because he grew up in an ancient civilization where there's an ongoing feud between echidnas and owls. And because Sonic associated with the owls in the first movie, he's under the impression that Sonic's his enemy and he gets tricked by Eggman into eradicating him. And I think that was very well put together. I really like that Knuckles in the movie is portrayed to be physically stronger than Sonic because I think we don't ever get to see much of that in the games these days where they showcase just how immensely powerful Knuckles really is physically and seeing as how he is able to match Sonic's speed just by his brute strength alone is very cool. I like that they showcased that in the movie where like you've got sonic trying to use his speed to defeat knuckles and he tries um dashing into him curled up in a ball but knuckles just holds him and tosses him away like it's no big deal i think knuckles not needing speed to keep up with sonic is very interesting because it goes to show you that it's not just about speed sometimes you also got to have you know the physical strength to get through obstacles and knuckles has that physical strength which is why when he teams up with sonic and they use both knuckles's power and sonic speed together it's a very well fitting team for lack of a better way to put it i also liked how in the ending he tries to adapt to modern civilization he's like i shall destroy this baseball with my brute strength knuckles the echidna trying to learn the fundamentals of playing baseball is something I didn't know I needed in my life until now. I really like that Knuckles being that he doesn't really have any knowledge of like the way the present world operates because he comes from an ancient tribe. The fact that he kind of has to learn all these things about what the world is like. My favorite scene was when Knuckles was reading out the text messages, but when he saw that someone was typing up a new message. Oh, he was like, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, he kept reading the dots that were cycling over and over. And Eggman was like, you don't have to recite that. (laughs) It's a great way of showing that Knuckles pretty much has no clue of how our world works. 
So with him trying to learn all of these things, you'd expect him to just do silly stuff like that because he doesn't know any better. And he has to be taught, or I guess told, how all this works. And I like that it's not where in the games Knuckles is just played up to be a moron, but in the movie, he is shown to be capable. He's just a little bit lost in the head because the world he's currently in is not a world he's familiar with. So he has to learn everything about it. That way he's kept up to speed. No pun intended. Yeah. I don't think we talked about Eggman that much. I mean, for the most part, Jim Carrey does a great job as Eggman. I mean, I felt he was a little bit over the top in the first movie. And in this one, he's still pretty much the same. I mean, what do you expect? But they definitely made him a little bit more edgy when he absorbed the Master Emerald or something like that. I don't think that's supposed to happen in any of the Sonic games, but I'll elaborate more on that later. I didn't speak much on Jim Carrey's performance as Eggman in the movie because I feel like there's really not much different that can be said about him compared to the first movie. He felt mostly the same to me, but I think given how this movie is much more faithful to the source material than the last movie was, with Jim Carrey being able to more accurately portray Eggman as he is in the games, being hungry for power and wanting world domination and all that, and just, you know, wanting Sonic dead. I think his performance in the second movie lended itself to the lore of the games very well. Where compared to the first movie, since there was pretty much little to do with the source material, so he kind of just went with the flow. But in the second movie, he was able to be a lot more in line with how Eggman would be acting in the games with these uh, plots, with the Master Emerald, with manipulating Knuckles, with all of that. And I think, although he felt not much different compared to his role in the first movie, just the fact that he now got to work with more of the direct source material, I believe improved his performance. I mean, not for nothing, he is the most entertaining human character in the movie. But when you compare it to Tom or Kate or whatever their names were, it's not a fair comparison. Yeah. Also, while we're at it, we might as well talk about the final battle, which I will say, it definitely shits on the first movie, no question about that. But I do have one little gripe, and that is Supersonic. Now, I'm not saying that I wasn't hyped to see Supersonic in the movie. It's how Supersonic was achieved. Because uh... if you guys remember the lore in the Sonic games, preferably Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, the Master Emerald controls the Seven Chaos Emeralds meaning that both the Master Emerald and Chaos Emeralds can coexist at the same time. But in the movie, apparently, if you smash the Master Emerald, it turns into the Seven Chaos Emeralds. I'm like, what? So, in that sense, the Master Emerald and the Chaos Emeralds... In they're the context same thing. Of, yeah, in context of the movie, they're one and the same. But in the games, they are two separate entities that are connected to one another. Yeah, that's my problem. It's like, okay, you want to stay true to source material, but don't make the Master Emerald and the Chaos Emeralds the same thing. That's just lazy writing, if you ask me. I recall in Sonic Adventure, the Master Emerald controls the power of the Chaos Emeralds. And when the Master Emerald is shattered, nothing actually happens to the Chaos Emeralds. 
No, because if you shatter the Master Emeralds, it just breaks up into a million shards that Knuckles has to collect. Yeah. And the Chaos Emeralds, their energy was sapped by Chaos when he became perfect. And Chaos took all of the negative energy from the Emeralds. But with Sonic using the, um, the support from his friends, he was able to use the positive energy of the Emeralds, which helped him achieve his super form. The Chaos Emeralds can be used for both good and evil, and they will provide different results depending on how you use their power. To where, with Chaos, he used the negative energy with left the Emeralds colorless, and they just kind of look like dead rocks. But when Sonic picked them up, and his friends were cheering him on, and saying that despite things seeming hopeless that he'd be able to power through and save the day anyhow. All of that support, as Sonic held the emeralds in his hand, I forget how they said it. It was something about turning thoughts into power. And so the optimism that Sonic's friends were exuding, the emeralds reacted to that, and Sonic managed to use the positive energy to become supersonic. I might be misremembering it a lot, I'm not entirely knowledgeable in Sonic lore, but from what I remember, that was as much as I could gather. At least from what the game was explaining to me anyway. I just realized, they keep changing up the powers of the Chaos Emeralds. They can manipulate time and space, provide people, seal dark energy beneath the Earth. Bro, the Chaos Emeralds can do fucking everything. Yeah, they really can, can't they? But aside from that, it was pretty cool to see Supersonic be implemented. Yeah, having Supersonic in the movie was really neat. Supersonic, and it does make sense, Supersonic debuted in Sonic 2. This is the second Sonic movie, put two and two together, no pun intended. Yeah. But we should probably talk about the one scene that everybody went apeshit over, the post credit scene. Oh boy, where do I begin with that one? They did subtly hint it, because when they said, oh, I forgot what the acronym was, but it's like, doesn't that spell gun? When I first heard that, I was like, oh, it's probably just a reference. They're probably not going to do what I think it is. But lo and behold, when they said a project that was in the work for 50 years, I was like, no, they're not fucking doing it, are they? They are. Shadow the Hedgehog is coming in the next Sonic movie. I don't know how to start this, but I find it very surprising that they're just going into Shadow. And we kind of just skimmed over characters that were introduced before him, like Amy. I was going to say, well, the writers were probably like, fuck Amy and Metal Sonic. We're heading straight to the edgiest of all edgy I'm characters. Not, well, because <laughs> I'm not even concerned about Metal Sonic. It's more so Amy that I'm concerned about because Amy is a very major character in the Sonic series. And she was introduced before Shadow, but Shadow just happens to be more popular. So I'm what? wondering if Shadow was only introduced for the post credit scene because he's just the most popular. No, dude. I think that's exactly why they're going with Shadow, because he's immensely popular. Yeah. Well, actually, because I'm wondering if, given how they incorporated Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 in this movie, maybe for the next film, they may incorporate Amy's role as it was in Sonic CD, or maybe, have, maybe have Shadow be the Metal Sonic stand-in where he kidnaps Amy or something? I don't really know. It's hard to say. Yeah, 
We don't know if it's going to be a shot-for-shot retelling of Sonic Adventure 2. Or maybe it'll just do the same thing like it did in this movie, where it's like they borrow elements from that game. while also trying to make its own interpretation. I don't know, Gabe. Like, the possibilities are endless. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No pun intended. I almost forgot that was a Sonic song. Yeah. Uh, But even though I made it very apparent that I'm slowly losing interest in Sonic, I am relatively intrigued that they're going with this direction. And this is Shadow. And even though I kind of hate Sonic, I still like Shadow a lot. I mean, there's only one way they could fuck this up, and it's by giving Shadow a gun or let him utilize lethal weapons. Plot twist. The next movie is just a retelling of Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, if it ends up being that, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) I don't need to be traumatized even further. That'd be really funny. Wait a minute. If the next movie is going to be including Shadow, which is likely going to be a retelling of Sonic Adventure 2, what's going to become of the original Sonic Adventure? Is that just not going to be incorporated? You got me, Gabe. I, I didn't re- realize how much of the games they were skipping with introducing Shadow this early. I'm only thinking about the games that are canon to the Sonic series, so... Oh, yeah. Just CD and Adventure. Okay, so only two games. Not as bad as I thought it was. You really think games like Sonic R and Sonic the Fighters are canon? <laughs> Hell no. It's going to be really neat to see what comes with the next film because it seems to be gearing towards Sonic Adventure 2. Like, how are they going to do that? I really don't know because, like I keep saying, I'm not that intrigued, but I'm also curious. But yeah. by the looks of it, this is going to be their most anticipated film of the series for two reasons. One, the films are getting progressively better, as we've seen. And two, it's fucking Shadow. I guarantee you that's the whole reason why everybody's going to watch the third movie, just so they can see Shadow. Listen, I admittedly am not big on Shadow. I like Shadow, but he was never a top pick for me, which sounds very, very unusual. But, um... I don't really know how to feel about this upcoming next movie because I just am not really that into Shadow. But I still think his character is super intriguing and there's a lot to explore with it. He's one of the more complex characters in the Sonic franchise, which is definitely why so many people love him so much. Do you really think they're going to get Keanu Reeves to play Shadow? That's all I keep hearing about. Oh, Keanu Reeves. He'll be the perfect Shadow. No. I'm not one to talk about who I think would be a perfect fit for a Sonic character voice. I trust that whoever they get will do Shadow Justice. I'm not going to sit here and say this guy should do it or that guy should do it. I think it's better to just see who gets picked and go from there. I never saw much use in debating who would be an ideal fit for a character voice. I mean, if they want to save money like they did with Tails, just use this video game VA, but... This is Hollywood. They always want to get celebrities to voice their fictional characters. Yeah. But overall, I think the second Sonic movie is good. Well, it's not great, but it's a good foundation of how the films are getting better. Yeah, it still adds cringy moments and characters that I don't give a shit about, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. If anything, this movie proves that, hey, Sega should stop making video games and start making movies instead because... If the Sonic games are going to bomb, they might as well continue the franchise in a film series. I still trust that Sonic games can be great, as they were a long while back. 
It's just that, well, everything going on with Sega and Sonic Team right now. But with the movies being as positively received as they are, there's hope for the games too, I feel. I think the movies are a really good gateway for new people to get into Sonic and, uh, you know, get into all the popular games. Let's just hope they don't go overboard when marketing the third movie because odds are they're probably just going to win people over with nostalgia. Oh, but don't next, worry. I'm sure it'll be fine. Bro, this is Sonic we're talking about. You're right. He uh, doesn't exactly have the best track record. Uh, yeah. God, how many more <laughs> times can I say no pun intended in this episode alone? <laughs> yeah, but any more final thoughts before I end this? Mm, I'm excited to see where the rest of the movie franchise goes from here. Whether or not they end up adapting Sonic Adventure 1, we'll just have to wait and see. But I think Future's looking pretty good. And uh, I'm just going to continue to... Re- uh, yeah, for now. I'm just going to continue to remain as supportive as I have been for Sonic. But anyway, what do you guys think of the second Sonic movie? You can let us know on our Discord server. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Links will be provided, as always. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms, such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasting needs. Tell your friends and family about us, especially any Sonic fans you know in your life. Even the Sonic haters, because let's be real, there's definitely a lot of them, I can tell you that. And Gabe, thank you for joining me. Of course! It's a pleasure to be back here again. I'm excited for you to have me back for another episode soon. Who knows, maybe we'll talk about Sonic Frontiers when that eventually comes out. Or later this year. Or hell, maybe something else. I don't know. As we established before, every time when the Geeks and I plan an episode, it never comes into fruition. We just wing it. And <laughs> that's been our mentality for three plus seasons. And so far, it seems to be working well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Also, if you want more geeky content, head over to Twitch and check out Keith at Nuclear Bacons, Nick at CryptoLock Games, our secret fifth member Tyler at Carabyte, and of course, yours truly, Eric, and E-Man the Legendary. And if you want to see highlights of those set streams, subscribe to my YouTube channel at the same name, E-Man the Legendary. But more importantly, stay true to your geek selves. 